The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will and this week I'm joined by my very good pals and co-hosts, Gray and Ali. Yeah, hurry, lads. Hi. Very good. Feels like it's been a while. It has been a very, very long time, yes. Not much has happened in the last couple of weeks, has it? I don't think we've no, missed very much as Newcastle really. United fans. No. Bit odd for us, we're recording on a Wednesday evening this time because no one could be asked at the weekend. <laughs> oh God, how are your weeks going? We'll go to Ali first. Yeah, it's been good. Thank you very much. I think the buzz after last Wednesday is quieting down. Be that laser focused straight onto the football is Ali. Messing around. This time last week was incredible, but doing all right now. Thank you very much. I think come crashing down after Sunday's draw, but I think that probably says a lot about where we've come to now. Indeed it does. Gray, how's your day been? Busy one? Not as much excitement as it was last week, building up to yeah, the PSG in the Champions League back at St. James's. Like that was just yeah, excitement last week, but yeah, I think the adrenaline's finally worn off. Come back down to earth, yeah. How about you, Will? How about me? All right. See, see how I'm not used to people asking me. I know you're so not. Weird. That's why I'm coming in. I'm, I was cutting you right off there, and thank I you. Really too polite, Ali. But I'm also I'm being a nosy bitch because I want to know how his talk sports cameo went. Oh yeah, of course. Forgot about that. He says lying. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I think it was the. Day before we played PSG, I was asked to go on Jason Cundy and Jamie O'Hara's show just for a quick 10-minute chat with the boys. <laughs> My good pals, Jamie and Jason now. We go way back, man, like all the way back the last week. Yeah, I was asked to go on there and chat some shy about Newcastle and how we were feeling. I feel like they definitely tried to bait me a few times with some outlandish claims. Jason Cundy was like, I think Newcastle could win it this year, don't you, Will? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Talk to me tomorrow when we've thumped PSG. But yeah, thankfully didn't fall into any traps and it was a really good experience. Obviously, we were on TalkSport because we're part of the TalkSport fan network, which we don't talk about enough, which is a great collection of football podcasts run by fans for fans. But yeah, it was really good. Thanks for asking, mate. I'll be signing autographs at the end of the podcast, so <laughs> put your pens and papers ready. Dan's so excited. Yes, Dan can't wait. He's had a little <laughs> pen and pad in his mouth. I was going to say Hodgie sends his apologies for not being here, but he definitely doesn't, okay. given that he's sat on the beach in Mauritius enjoying his honeymoon with his lovely lady wife, Alicia. Hodge, I know you'll no doubt be listening on your Mauritian beach, so fuck you, but hope you're having a really nice time. Hope it's yeah, not too bad. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Hodgie. 
Said <laughs> 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 he got a bit pink today. Yes, a lot to talk about today. I suppose we should probably get straight into it. So a couple of results, as the guys have already touched on. We've got our magnificent 4-1 win against PSG in our second Champions League group game last week now. And then most recently, we've got our 2-2 draw away at the London Stadium against West Ham. So this is going to be quite easy for me. Even though I was watching it with Hodgie in a pub in London, you boys were actually in the stadium, right? Uh, you were lucky enough to soak in the atmosphere. First Champions League game back at home at St. James's in 20 years. Yeah, it was an amazing atmosphere. Since I've been back, obviously living in London, it's hard to get to a game, but what a game to go back to. I even got to wave me flag. I didn't even know how to wave a flag. I was like, I'm actually quite shite at this, to be honest with you, but <laughs> I was getting carried away. And then obviously you do the whole, the champions. And oh. yeah, it was just an amazing experience. And to see the kind of like the TIFO in the Gallagher end was fantastic as well. And all credit to War Flags once again. But yeah, the atmosphere was incredible. Hopefully you can get to experience it again at another Champions League game. But it sounds like tickets are sounding like hotcakes in a minute. And mm. ballots aren't going as well as most people expect them to. But hey. Yeah, well, that's currently a 100% attendance rate for you in the Champions League this year, Ali. Having been in Milan as well as at home for, for PSG. So it is. you're doing, you're doing is. very well indeed. Gray. Anything to add on that? Echo the statement, I imagine. I mean, it was palpable through the screen, so can't even imagine what it would have been like. It was probably hands down the greatest atmosphere I've ever seen at St. James's. The atmosphere at Wembley was something else when we got to the League Cup final, but to have Champions League football back at St. James's under the lights and just the excitement, everyone was there. I've never seen the stadium so empty. Walking in at half seven, there was no one there. I also didn't get the memo to get to the stadium early enough but it was just electric. And I think credits for PSG fans, they made a hell of a racket as well. I mean, it helps when you bring a massive drum along, but I think that just fueled the fire a little bit more for our fans. And you can see it just boosted our players somewhat. Talk about a 12th ban at some games, but yeah, that was something else. Causing a bit of fucking trouble, weren't they, the PSG fans? In Newcastle, I think before and after the game, but it's probably to be expected when you bring the PSG ultras and you walk them all the way through fucking town with loads of raggy drunk Newcastle fans. But there you go. It didn't <laughs> seem like there's actually that much trouble. It just reminded me of Newcastle of last season and it felt like we had our mojo back from the offset. And I think one thing I'd certainly been calling out for is let's just fucking hit them. Let's hit them straight out the gates. Let's nullify them. And I think it's safe to say that we did that from a tactical point of view. I think it was absolutely spot on from Eddie. The high press was at play and by God, did it get the results. And the high press led to, I think, a couple of goals with the most unlikely of scorers uh, across the board. Two local lads getting on the score sheet. Just what dreams are fucking made of, wasn't it? Mm. I saw a tweet today. It was like Sean Longstaff, something like 10 years ago, maybe 13 years ago. Apparently, he was a ball boy at the Angie... Here we go. Yeah, come on, Will. I, I know what you're talking about. You've got yourself uh, in it now. Yeah, fuck. Angie Makachala? I'm usually the one that's good at fucking pronunciation well, and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we all know the one I was talking about. The one that bought all those players, spent loads of money, then no one's heard of them since. But yeah, what a full fucking circle to being a ball boy at a, what the equivalent, I think, was the Europa Cup to now scoring at home 
in front of the Gallagher against PSG in the Champions League, I think my head would have fucking exploded. But I mean, guys, what what are our thoughts on the team that Howe put out and his tactics and how he ultimately dominated that game? Team was kind of expected given the injury situation. There wasn't a huge amount of change. But when you see the cells burn, Shah and Trippier in a back line against what was a very quick and dynamic attacking front four did strike me with a, a lot of fear that we could have been on the end of a battering, but defensively just solid and we just played them off the pitch. We gave them nothing. Like I think Dan Byrne made a couple of huge tackles on Dembele. Yeah. And Mbappe didn't get a sniff. And I think you mentioned pressing that was summed up in the first five minutes where I think Gordon pressed and run the ball back. And as we're so used to seeing now from Newcastle, throwing fans, his arms just around. throwing his arms up, getting the crowd yeah. going again. For PSG to come to St. James's and only have two in midfield against probably our strongest midfield we've potentially ever had, just for strength and depth. We've got Bruno pulling the strings, Tonali still finding his feet, but... It seems to be improving week on week at the minute and Longstaff, he just runs and runs. I think they're up for it and that just played into our hands. The amount of space they gave us there just allowed us to play that counter-attacking football. I think did we only have 29% possession or less than 30%. Low, yeah. We just managed to string passes together through midfield really quickly and just get them running back towards goal, which just worked in our favour. God, how things change, you know what I mean? Like we went on a run of three games losing. We thought we're absolutely screwed here. And what a difference three or four games can make. I feel like we're invincible going into the West Ham game. But we'll, we'll, again, we'll come on to that. But Ali, Gray's touched on it like everyone getting pumped up. It just made it an absolute cauldron, didn't it? Like I would hate to have been playing there. And no wonder so many of their players were quiet. Dan Byrne, you say he's there making tackles pumping the crowd up. Bruno's doing it, but Bruno does it every game. Gordon's there having the game of his life. They were just really fired up for it. And it seemed like they went into the game with absolutely no fear whatsoever. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, when you look at the formations, our 4-3-3 versus their 4-2-4, slightly disrespectful to us because PSG are going and thinking that man for man, they're much better than us. But it just shows you how much praise Eddie has for the team and how much he believes in them to think that we could actually go toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in Europe. And Mm. as Gray alluded to earlier with Anthony Gordon's tackle, he just riled up the crowd and everyone's seen the video circle on Twitter when, you know, they see the crunching tackles go in and the crowd's up on their feet. That match needed that for us to really push on and get that win. Yeah, Because, yeah, when you get us fans on the side of the players, then nobody wants to come and play us at St. James's Park. And I think that game which obviously everybody bloody watched apparently, is now aware of what it's like to play at St. James's Park. And you see a lot of teams now in the Premier League who now fear coming to Newcastle United, which is great. As you rightly said, the atmosphere was fantastic. And yeah, it really spilled out into the full 90 minutes of the game. Hodgie and I were sending fucking the bench we were sitting on flying. He punched me in the mouth at one point when we were celebrating. <laughs> it got a bit out of hand, I would say. I was feeling too good the day after, but fuck me, what a game. I mean, looking at it on paper, like Hernandez, Skriniar, Marquinhos and Hakimi mm. made them look like children. Yeah. Made them look like a fucking paper defence. It was like a paper towel trying to break through there. One thing I really wanted to call out was obviously we were all absolutely terrified on the wings that we were going to get exposed by people like Dembele and Mbappe. 
there's sort of absolutely nothing from them. No. Their goal came through the middle, a little chip over the top that Hernandez ran through and, and scored, but no one's talking about their fucking goal. But for me, I feel like in Anthony Gordon, we found someone that's going to track back and put the hard yards in, going up and down the pitch, and that's what Dan Byrne needs. He's really solid defensively, Dan Byrne, mm. but he needs someone that's going to do that running for him and give him the support. And when you've got Tenali on that side as well, you, you've got a really strong left-hand side there. Yeah. Um, and just a shout-out to Kieran Trippier as well. I know we said we weren't going into individual performances, but Trippier just... I think Mbappe is still in Trippier's pocket now, isn't he? <laughs> I just saw nothing from him whatsoever. Couldn't believe it. Well, at least you got Mbappe's shirt for his son, so he managed to pull something out of his pocket, at least. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Just one point on Trippier. I think, didn't Southgate drop Trippier in favour for Walker when we played France in the World Cup? So I think Trippier probably had a serious point to prove. Yeah, well, I think he probably right. went back to that and was just like, you know what, I'm going to show Southgate something here that I can cope with like the quickest forwards. And yeah, it was certainly a, a huge statement from him, wasn't it? I mean, we'll probably touch on the England squad a bit later, but I mean, yeah, he's just in some serious form at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. I can't remember yeah. who said it previously, but the kid is bred for Champions League football. And he just loves it. He thrives on it. He does. Big game player. We've seen that in international games. We've seen that for Newcastle when it's when the back's against the wall. You can rely on him as a leader. And talking about leaders, Captain Jamal Lascelles has been back for the last few games with Sven Botman being out and has been really strong. And I thought mm. against PSG was fantastic as well. Fabian Shaw was brilliant as well. Yeah, I look at that team and I can't pick out one player that underperformed really. I was a bit surprised that Miggy got player of the match, to be honest. I don't know if you guys being there feel the same, but... I would say yes, because I think the cover that he gave Trippier to track back, and because he obviously has the pace with Mbappe, right? Mm. And I thought he was also part as to why Mbappe was so quiet because he kept tracking back and he, he's got an engine on him and I, I felt like he uh, was you know tracking down a lot of PSG plays and putting in the right challenges and making the right runs but I would have liked to have given it to Sean Longstaff personally but uh, I can see why I can still see why Miggy got it would have been Bruno for me you could have said any of our 11 yeah uh, starting 11 that's why it's so difficult yeah I think it's Gordon as well needs to get a mention. Fantastic. Yeah, just yeah. incredible. Like you say, if we defensive cover, him and Miggy provided and just the flair that they seem to bring up top as well. They're yeah. not just one-dimensional players. They literally offer everything. And yeah. probably Miggy edged it for me as well. I think just in the stadium, you saw how much ground he covered and yeah, he could barely walk off the pitch. <laughs> I don't want to underplay Miggy at all. Like that's no disrespect. It's just, you know, he got a great goal and that, that finish was fantastic on his only side, his left-hand side. He put it away really nicely and that set the tempo for the game, not taking anything away from him. It was just kind of a devil's advocate question. But speaking about great finishes, what about Fabian Sherman? He only <laughs> scores bangers and really laid-back penalties, but pound for pound, probably one of our best signings in terms of output versus money we've spent. He cost us three million quid, I think. He's got to be up there with one of the best signings we've made over the last 10 years, certainly over the last couple of years when Easily. Eddie's got everything he can out of him in terms of value for money, I would say. Well, yeah. Especially since he hardly played under Bruce as well. Almost like the, he's a forgotten man. And I know that we were all crying out for him at the back because of the, we know what the quality he can bring. But yeah, just the transformation, the confidence he's playing for now. 
Bruce found a way of making him look really bad. I think only by bringing him on for bit part performances and like he couldn't get into the flow. What he needs is a good partner next to him and he needs to be playing 90 minutes. Rolls Royce of a defender, isn't he? What a game. I think we will savor that for a, a very, very long time. And hopefully Borussia Dortmund will be very worried coming to St. James's Park in a couple of weeks or next week, is it? Yeah. A couple of weeks. Uh, couple uh, couple just of before weeks. we move on, have you guys seen the number of videos on social media which are now explaining why Newcastle beat PSG and the number of <laughs> putting it down to not only the crowd, but the two meter slope? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've probably seen four or five different videos now explaining the difference in height and shape <laughs> and how that world-class athletes such as Mbappe and Dembele were put out of their stride running uphill for a half. I mean, they also get a half going downhill as well. Like It's a perfectly <laughs> fair fucking game here, yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. People in the media and opposition fans that are, are really jealous will find any way to undermine any success that we see. But that's always going to be the case, isn't it? It's just pure fucking jealousy. Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. Before we move on, I want to ask you both a quick question. Which goal against PSG did you go absolutely mental for? Because I know for me, it was probably the Shah goal. I just went absolutely nuts, mainly because I was sat in the leases and I saw the bend and I was like, there's no way he's just absolutely pulled that off. (laughs) Off balance in the 91st minute. But uh, yeah, I want to get your thoughts on that. Which one didn't we go nuts at? Yeah, you mentioned Shah, but I think I was in shock at the point when he scored. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what's going on? But I think it has to be Miggy's goal, like the first one. It was almost unexpected. Yeah. And just to take the lead against PSG was, yeah, just something else. And like you say, it was just a, a very smart finish. And yeah, just a statement back. I was going to say first Champions League goal back at St. James's in more like 2021 years. I thought the the chance had gone as well because Isaac fired it straight Mm -hmm. at Donnarumma, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And then Miggy, his little face pops up out of nowhere and slots it home. Well, just to be different, I'm going to say Dan Burns goal. We knew it was a goal in the pub. Like we knew fucking straight away. I couldn't tell straight away. Hodgie straight away was like, that's not offside. That's a goal. We'd known it had gone over the line. So we're already celebrating, but you could celebrate it twice. And then just seeing him when the ref gave it, Dan Byrne, arms like up in the air, turning round, that's goosebump territory, that. And just so Sean Longstaff doesn't feel left out, Hodgie probably went for his goal. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute crackers across the board. Fantastic team performance. And I think one that we will struggle to see again in a very long time. But hopefully we can see it against fucking Borussia Dortmund. Brilliant. Been looking forward to talking about that one. I guess we should probably move on then. But before we do, we'll go to a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Sunday's result against West Ham. See you in a sec. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. 
Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Alrighty then, we are back. And before we get into the West Ham result, I better do our social plugs. So you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, ACAST, Spotify, Apple Podcast, etc., etc. I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a follow and a five-star rating or review if you're feeling super generous. You can find our podcast on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, and on Facebook by search for Talk of the Tune Podcast. Thanks very much and all that. Right, football time. So, West Ham, after the heights that we hit against PSG, we find ourselves back in London, back at the London Stadium to be specific. My alley would technically be our, is Crystal Palace your local Prem team where uh, you are? Would yeah, it still Palace be West Ham? Be, yeah, Palace would be my local team in London, yeah. Yeah, I think West Ham's my local team, actually. Ali and I were fortunate enough to go to the away game last season when we thumped them 5-1. I was really hoping we'd get a repeat of that, but it wasn't to be the case. Ended up drawing the game 2-2. As I say, very much a game of two halves, just to use that cliche. But I don't think I've seen such a poor first half of football from Newcastle in a very long time. And it was almost back to like, oh, fuck, okay. Really slow out the blocks again here. West Ham all over us. This isn't going to be our day. That's certainly how I felt. But Ali, how were you feeling after the first 45 minutes? I was feeling pretty nervous, to be honest with you. I think the midweek hangover was certainly kicking in on Sunday's game. I know you'd argue and say, well, West Ham also played Thursday night. But I think given the gravitas of us playing PSG, it probably weighs a bit more on us. So, yeah, I think I was expecting that. And, you know, let's be honest, West Ham, are a, I feel like they're a much stronger team now they've uh, reinvested that rice money into mm. players like Alvarez and Mohamed Kudus and all of those players. So fair play to them. It's always the case. You take them in at halftime, Eddie Howe does his magic and we seem to come out a different team in the second half, which, yeah, fantastic. Got the two goals, which I know we'll touch on a bit later. But yeah, first 45 was a bit on the ropes mind, but I'm pleased we did get the draw in the end. I think if Yasta's what would you take before the match? I think I probably would have taken a draw given the fact that we played PSG midweek. I said the same thing. I think, yeah, with hindsight, yeah, I would have taken the draw. But when you're so close to picking up all three yeah. points, it is a bit disappointing. I mean, their first goal was a bit of a joke. Eight minutes. I don't really know what our defence or Nick Pope were doing, but... Mm, ugh, it's a moment of madness again, doesn't he? He does. He's typically quite a good sweeper-keeper, but didn't sweep anything that time. He was kind of caught in no man's land and then they can roll it across for Suchek to put it away, who I'm pretty sure loves a goal against us, Thomas Suchek. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he scored in the last few games against us, but there you go. As you say, it was pretty much West Ham's half. They got 1-0 up. They probably had a few more chances to score, but I don't know what Howe was feeding them or I don't know if he just let Mad Dog Tyndall off the lead a little bit and he just went for them, but yeah, came out a completely different team. Great. I wonder whether there were any tactical changes that you noticed. Were there any like changes in formation? I'll come on to it in a bit, but I think Tonali maybe moved around a little bit, but I don't know if you noticed anything. Well, for one, Isaac definitely moved out to the left, and I think he did that towards the back end of the first half as well, and that's when he found a bit more space. And for me, I think it's as, as much as he dislikes it, He's just so much better to pick up the ball out wide and then he can actually run at players. And you saw some really nifty skill, like his two-touch round. I can't remember who it was. Was it Emerson? It would have been Soufal on the right, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah Soufal. But he made it just look so easy and he's so quick. And yeah, much prefer him running at players and picking the ball up back to goal. But it basically seemed to go from almost having two deep-lying midfielders in 
Bruno and Longstaff to Longstaff moving up the pitch. So yeah. he was alongside Tonali and Bruno was playing that kind of playmaker role. And yeah, it just seemed to put us a bit more on that front foot. And I think having, yeah, Anderson almost coming down the middle. And it felt like Miggy was everywhere in that second half as well. I just felt it gave us a bit more dynamic kind of movement and just free-flowing movement, which I think caused a bit of chaos for the rest of defence. For the first time in quite a while, I felt like Anderson was a bit out of his depth. And please tell me if you think I'm being unfair, but on that left-hand side, we didn't really see anything from him and Soufal pretty much had him suppressed for a big portion of the game. I feel like his touch was poor. He wasn't getting around anyone. Soufal basically had him on toast, which I don't know because he's playing, been playing that central mid role and he's not been playing that left-hand side that he's maybe out of practice. Whereas someone like a Joe Linton could easily come in and do either well, just like a Willock would. I don't know whether that's lack of experience or whether you guys think I'm, as I say, being unfair. But yeah, I really don't feel we were getting what we needed out of Anderson. And we had much more good fortune, as you say, Gray, when we moved Isaac off to the left-hand side. So we came out a completely different team and really hit the ground running, didn't we? Two... Very quick fire goals from Alexander Isaac. That assist from Trippier for the second one, by the way. Oh my God. Yeah, he just Instinctive first time cross back into the box and Isaac's there to just sweep it home. I thought that was fantastic. But despite all of that, it wasn't meant to be. Obviously, they brought on, is it Mohamed Kudus? Yeah. That lad they brought from Ajax. 89th minute. Good finish from him, to be fair. But for me, people should be closing him down. You can't give someone that much space on the edge of the area without closing them down. I think that one could have been prevented for me. What do you think, Gray? I think that's possibly a little bit harsh. We did have players closing down. and saw actually Tenali got quite a bit of stick for not being aggressive enough in closing him down. But should be throwing f- yourself at that in my mind. In fairness, he's taken the shot pretty quickly and it's right in the corner, almost reminiscent of the late Czech Tietis goal against Arsenal. And it's not really too much more we could have done. Yeah, players could have been quicker out, but it's the 89th minute of what has been a pretty feisty, hard-fought game. So I'm not too sure what more we could have expected from the players at that minute. I mean, yeah, it would be nice to to fling your body full length like John Terry style. Yeah, But yeah, I, I just think we've got to give the blokes some credit for the goal, for the finish it's true. at the end of the day. This is true. I mean, Ali, the the lads must have been absolutely exhausted by this stage as well, right? Oh, 100%. Like, you know, they've given it their all against PSG and they've come in against West Ham and they've got to keep that momentum going, right? To get the three points. And I think we were looking at getting in fifth place. So they would have been running on fumes at 89th minute. When West Ham bring on fresh legs like Kudus, they're bound to do some level of damage, which they sadly did on the day. But... Uh, hopefully we've come into the international break. I would argue and say at a nice time. I hate international break. I think it's absolutely shite. I always think <laughs> the football's crap because I hate watching Southgate football, right? But I think for the injuries that we have, that is that would have been a game perfect for bringing on the likes of Willick, Joe Linton. Too right. Maybe having Callum Wilson on slightly earlier. But yeah. I, I think that's just obviously the position that we're in now because we've got the League Cup where we beat Man City and we were all out for 90 minutes there. Similar with Burnley, then similar with PSG. So I'm not surprised after that glut of fixtures that we're we're running on fumes. So I can't fault the lads too much. And of course, they'll be disappointed. That's just football, right? But come to the January transfer window, we can get more players in or people will be 
out from back from injuries. Yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint this league. So uh, I'm sure the results will come our way in other games this season. God, he's so wise, isn't he? Wow. <laughs> this uh... is why I'm relief manager, man. <laughs> yeah, you're doing your job, lad. Yeah, I think it's a good point to, to bring it in. I was listening to an Eddie Howe press conference the other day, and it sounds quite positive, as if Joe Linton, Joe Willock, and Sven Botman at least might well be back after the international break and back in time for Crystal Palace, which I think is a really good game at home to get them settled back in. So hopefully. We'll have some of the star boys back. And of course, we will have Anthony Gordon back, who was suspended for the West Ham game after somehow picking up five yellow cards in the space of three games or something. Yeah. That's a joke. Well, I do. He... <laughs> go on, Ali. No, I was just, no, you go well. You finish off your little, you finish off the joke and I'll, I'll weigh in. It wasn't even, uh, you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you finish oh, off your funny little joke. joke. <laughs> yeah, I know. It wasn't even going to be a joke. I was just going to say we missed Gordon on the day. I thought it was oh, a big no, miss. No, but completely go on, agree. Ali. Now you've I... embarrassed me in front of all my friends. You carry on. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> I was just going to say if anyone has or knows anything further about Isaac, because I saw he, he walked off and obviously was subbed off for Wilson against West Ham. And I saw on Swedish football Twitter that he has been removed from the Sweden squad due to injury so i'm slightly worried on that one but hopefully it's just a precaution and he'll be fine when we play palace in a week and a bit so i'm just reading articles now just saying he's withdrawn from the squad because of an injury hopefully that's not too bad and hopefully the rest of our players on international duty make it through without any bumps or bruises yeah we certainly need him firing especially the form he's in at the minute back to that point i think for me, Gordon was a massive miss and I'd love to call him out the season he's having so far. He's probably my player of the season. I think I called it last time we recorded as well, but he's been absolutely everywhere and he's been well up for the fight and what a different player he has been to last season. Gray, I'll come to you. Is this the Eddie Howe effect? Is he now an Eddie Howe fitness level player? Well, clearly. <laughs> yeah, the amount of running around he's doing and just none of it seems to be at like 50%. It's all like flat out. I don't know how he makes it through all these games. Yeah, we talk about him just not giving up. He chases the ball right down until it's dead. And like that's how he's won his, a couple of penalties. And yeah, I mean, I just don't know how just the transformation, like people were questioning, like why have we spent 40 million? 45. On him? Like people just, oh yeah, kind of. Newcastle got too much money and things like that, but actually, clearly someone knows something. And quiet now, aren't they? They've all gone quiet. That's it. I think he's shown he's worth. He's been worth every penny so far this season. Yeah, we can criticize him for picking up the other card. The way the way he's playing, yeah. just flat out, and he's still young. He's still got a lot to learn. Like you cannot surprise. He's picking up these yellow cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a shame, but he's just gonna. He's going to learn from it and for seasons to come, he'll be a bit more level-headed, hopefully. And who knows, he may hold out of a few tackles, which we need a certain midfielder to do in the coming weeks. Yeah, I don't know how Bruno managed to stay on the pitch against West Ham, going back to that. He was a bit of a naughty boy, wasn't he? A very naughty boy. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I think we've got a real star on our hands in, in Gordon, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him come back against a team like Crystal Palais, as I say. Oh, rhyming on Gordon, actually. So 
Ali, you'd mentioned it. Uh, obviously, we're on international break now. Gareth Southgate with his incredibly uninspiring football. Probably too soon for Gordon, but Kieran Trippier is the only Newcastle United player to make it into this England team. Do you think that's bright? Do you think that's fair? Or do you think some of our players are unlucky to miss out? Well, yeah, you're right. Anthony Gordon, fresh from the under-21s during the summer, is probably yeah. too early to be a shoe in the senior squad, even though Saka is out injured, so has been removed from the squad. Personally, for me, I think that Sean Longstaff is missing from that squad when you look at the other players that could potentially, well, that would arguably play his role, such as Calvin Phillips, who doesn't really get much of a game, for example, at City despite replacing Rodri at the moment, but I don't think he's been that good for them. So They've I don't def- even played him. They've played fucking Kovacic and Rico Lewis, haven't they, instead? Yeah, yeah he still, no, he still can't even get a game. Well, this is why I'm on a Newcastle United podcast. Not a <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think Sean Longstaff definitely should have had a bit of a call-up. I think he's still 25, so there's still plenty of time for him to be called up. People may argue Dan Byrne, I don't think he plays in the system that Gareth Southgate wants to play, but I think whatever system Southgate plays is shite anyway. So <laughs> I think on a, on a under a different manager, let's say Eddie Howe took Southgate's job, which is a completely different conversation. Burn and Longstaff would probably walk in it, right? And probably yeah. Pope. But yeah, I think in the current system that we have for England, I think Sean Longstaff could feel slightly aggrieved that he hasn't been called up. Yeah, Gray, would you echo that? I mean, for me, I think Nick Pope's unlucky to miss out. And I think Callum Wilson obviously has had his injury problems over the last couple of weeks or tweaks or whatever. Mm. So Ollie Watkins has replaced him in the squad. Do you think that's fair? I'm not complaining because I'd quite like our players to have these two weeks off just to recharge <laughs> yeah, and point, actually, come back without the niggles. But just looking at the England squad now, you just think, how are some of these players getting picked? Like you've got Maguire, Ramsdale Henderson. on the bench at Arsenal, not yeah. doing a lot. And when he does play, looks shaky at best. You've got Maguire, who performs in an England shirt, but again, May United doesn't really get a look in. Trent's mm. not doing a lot at Liverpool at the minute. Henderson buggered off to Saudi, so Andy's getting on a bit, so why not give someone like Longstaff a, a run out and just see what he can do? He can be no worse than Phillips. Yeah. Gallagher's doing play. fuck all as well. He's coming into a bit of his own, isn't he? Gallagher. He's played, he's mm. played a fair few games. Shit Chelsea team though, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But it's just beyond me how some of these players can keep getting picked week in, week out when they're not playing or performing for the clubs. Surely that's a whole point. Yes, he may have performed previously in an England shirt, but come on, we want our best twenty odd players together. Yeah. To do anything in these competitions. I mean, Southgate clearly knows what to do in competition football, but Come on, it's time to give some others a chance and just prepare ourselves for the next World Cup, surely. I don't think we have a single left-back in the squad. Trippier. Yeah, that was going to be my point. He prefers to play Trippier at left-back. Like, Colwell, Dunk, Gwehi, Maguire, Stones, Tamori, Trippier and Kyle Walker. There's not a left-back amongst them. I don't know if he's going to play three at the back, but as you say, I've been quite disillusioned with English football or English national football for quite a long time like you, Ali, so I don't really care. Yeah. Unless well, it gets to a big tournament, then I'm back in. Well, actually, do you know what? Now we're talking about it, can I say that I'm really happy to see that England and Ireland obviously of have been course. awarded the Euro 2028 and St. James's Park has been selected as one of the stadiums 
to host some of the games. So really excited for that as well. Be great for the Northeast. Yeah, fantastic experience that. I mean, I don't know. We had it not that long ago, did we? Was it 20, 2020? It was COVID, yeah. It was all over Europe, wasn't it? Is that what it was? Because yeah, we went to the so we, we went to went England, to... Scotland in Wembley. And see, I went to an Italy game at Wembley, but I was supposed to go to Munich to watch Portugal, Germany. Oh uh, yeah, fuck. travel. Of course, yeah. Well, yeah, I think very exciting. Obviously, the commercial team have been trying very hard to get that to St James's, and thankfully, it will be. Just wonder how difficult it'll be getting those bloody tickets. I'm in the ballot for Euro 2024. So see how that goes. But yeah, very exciting time. And there's also rumours that we might be expanding the stadium as well. Mm. There's always rumours that we're going to increase the capacity of the stadium. But 65,000 people is, is what's being mooted at the minute. Have you guys heard anything about that? Other than just what I've seen on Twitter, but you know what Twitter is sometimes, it can uh, be a load of nonsense. But it seemed to be doing the rounds a bit yesterday. So maybe there is some truth in it. But yeah. We'll be a long way off before that's completed, sadly. Until those planning notices go up on lampposts outside St. James's. Yeah, I won't <laughs> be believing a lot. I'm ready for this stack slash fan zone oh, outside fan of zone. St. James's. I think it completes or finishes November. So that'll be good. Say it, it's not far away. Isn't yeah. It? Be well, exciting times ahead. Speaking of ahead, our next match is against, as I say, Crystal Palace at home. It's probably time we should do our predictions. Ali, let's go you first. Predictions for Crystal Palace, Newcastle, or Newcastle Crystal Palace, I should say. I'm going to go in with 3 0 Newcastle. Love it. Bosh. Remember, we've got to put a bet on this time. Yeah. Gray, what are you <laughs> saying? Yeah, I think, you know what? Why not go for something outrageous? Might as well. Yeah, let's go for like a 5 1. I knew you were going to say 5. I knew you were going to say 5 there. Just because you know I'm going to have uh, yeah company next to me. So I was going to say, you're both going, aren't you? Oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Fucking Gray was even messaging you about it yesterday. I've transferred your ticket. Thanks for that again, Gray. Yes, Gray and I will both be there, which is great. I'm usually quite a bad luck charm, unfortunately, Gray. We never usually have exciting football matches when I go. All right, I'm take me three nils I was going to say, I was going to 5-5-1 both. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a nil-nil, yeah. I'm going to go 2-0 Newcastle. And we'll have to we'll have to get Hodgie's prediction if we can pull him away from his beer and beach. Right, that just about does it for this one. We will be back after the international break and after probably the Palace or the Dortmund game with another double header. But until then, thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Oh, I've got to stop it. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.